You're listening to the Social Hub Podcast, a place where we give small brands the skills and know-how to master all their social media, digital and content marketing. I'm your host, Stacey Cranich, mum, champagne drinker and self-confessed karaoke queen. Join me in a journey of real conversations and meaningful messages that will help you grow in your business and life so you can have the most epic version of both. If you have a big vision and are ready to shine, then grab a cuppa or a cocktail and listen in. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the podcast. As always, I love getting a good guest speaker on. You know that about me already. And one of my other passions is getting on people that have got real stories about business because it's not all about having a great Instagram feed and, you know, having people think that we all have these perfect businesses because the struggle is real. Business life is its own entity. It is a juggle, particularly for those of us that are mums and have children. We often feel like we've got all these balls in the air that we're juggling and we are definitely not not one of those balls in the air that we're looking after. So, I've got a beautiful lady called Lana on today from a product-based business called Milf Life The Label. And I met Lana at a networking event and she, you know, got up and told her story. And I was kind of just really mesmerized, to be honest, because I love the fact that she was so raw and open and honest about what had gone on in her journey in growing her business. She's had some massive highs that you would probably think would have you set for life, like having celebrities endorse some of her products, which, you know, I know some of you with a product-based business would just go, oh my God, if that happened, that would be amazing. But the truth is that things come and things go and we have to be consistently reinventing ourselves and staying top of our game to be successful in this game of business. So without further ado, I want to hand over to Lana. So Lana, can you tell us a little bit about you, share some of your story about how you came to start Milf Life and um, yeah, a little bit about yourself. Well, firstly, Stacey, I just want to say thank you so much for having me on. My whole background and I guess everything work-wise that I've ever known has been radio and I guess it's just weird for me. It's actually my first ever podcast done, but I've done radio shows since forever. So firstly, thank you so much for having me. Um, My pleasure. (laughs) As mentioned, radio used to be my world. I had always dreamed of working in radio. I worked my way up. I'd never gone to uni. I never studied. I'm just definitely not that type of person. I'm creative. I'm definitely not book smart. So I started driving the radio cars around, giving out the free stuff. I then worked my way out to reception, into the promo department, and then I was in a creative role. So I'd worked in radio for years, working my way up as I went along. But during my time in radio, when I was 25, my mum actually got diagnosed with lung cancer and she passed away within four months. So it was really, really quick. It was actually too quick to even comprehend, to be honest with you. And I was an only child. My mum was an only child and we came from an extremely small family. So it was my mum, my nan and my pa and that was it. So when mum had passed away, obviously it was a lot to deal with, especially at 25, but I then automatically became the carer for my grandparents. I remember, you know, my mum passing and I, I was telling her, you know, don't worry, I'll look after them because I just, it was my duty and plus, you know, I love them with all my heart. So 
being a carer with my mum at 25 and then straight to my grandparents, it was full on. And then to throw another spanner in the works, during that period, my son Riley was born. So juggling Riley and being a carer and work was extremely difficult. So I went back to work three days a week for 12 months, which was great. I could still take my grandparents to doctor's appointments and grocery shopping and do everything I needed to do. However, when that 12-month contract had finished, they pretty much said to me, it's 12 months or you don't have a job. So it's you know full-time for the next 12 months and so on and so forth, or your role will no longer be available because it's not a three-day-a-week job. Even though I was doing a three-day-a-week job to the best of my ability and even beyond my expectations. So I was like, I cannot work five days a week. I didn't have anyone to look after my son. I couldn't put him in daycare five days a week because I just simply couldn't afford it. There was no way I could take my grandparents to their appointments and look after them and that kind of stuff. So I was like, wow, what am I going to do, you know? And kind of just to take a step backwards, I, I started an Instagram page when I was on maternity leave because I'm the creative type and I'm a little bit bored. Not, <laughs> not, not, not that you're bored during mum life because let's get real, it's hectic. But no. I need the crew. I think what that is is that you go, particularly with your first, it's a shock to the system, right? And you 100%. go from being able to go wherever you want, whenever you want, to having like this little kitchen sink that you've got to carry everywhere with you and do everything with you. And you do, I can understand that. Like it's an outlet. It's a way to have a connection with the outside world when you sometimes feel quite isolated when you have your first child. Well, that's exactly what I needed. I felt, I felt like like I said, because I am a creative person, I needed a creative outlet. I needed to be doing something. So I actually started a blog, which I look back now is hilarious because my grammar and spelling is shit house. Like it's, so, <laughs> it's so bad to the point where my friends will still get an SMS and be like, um, do you know the difference between their T-H-E-I-R and T-H-E-R-E? I'm like, nope. Uh, but- honey, I feel you. My... My downside is my spelling and grammar. I still have clients send me screenshots of my landing pages going, just thought you should know this isn't spelt right. And I'm like, you know what? You won't get great spelling from me, but you'll get good strategy. That's it. That's, that's, <laughs> you can't I have can, both here. I totally agree. That's what I say to people. I can design you a killer T-shirt, but I probably can't like, write your Christmas card very well. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I started this blog and it was it was just a little thing. It was like, you know, three top hairstyle tips for mums, you know, wardrobe essentials for mum life. And I started to get all these followers and all this engagement. And I was like, wow, like this could be something. And then I remember I was at a hen's night with a girl who, was on maternity leave and she told me that she owns a candle business and she was making candles and selling them. And then all of a sudden that light bulb just went off and I was like, put the champagne down, Lana, and get home because the idea was like I could turn this blog and this, you know, cool name into something much, much bigger. And I'd always loved fashion. I remember my mum, God love her, she took me to a fashion college when I was young and being a single mum. She could, just couldn't afford it. And I remember sitting there and when we got the cost through, I think it was like back, back then $20,000. And I remember looking at mum thinking there's no way she can afford it. So I pretended that I didn't want to do it anymore. I was like, oh, no, you know, mum, it's fine. I don't even want to do be a fashion designer or be in fashion. And that kind of always stuck in the back of my head. And, you know, and I would never admit it to my mum while she was alive because it would have broken her heart. But I just find it so funny now that all these years later, I have a fashion label. 
and that fashion college can suck it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So I had this idea of like, it needs to be bigger than a blog. It needs to be something else. And I've always loved fashion. I've always been into fashion. And I remember after I had Riley, I was like, okay, there's a million maternity labels out there, but there was nothing that was like that stood out that was like, you know what, I'm a mum, I can wear this, I can be proud, it's cheeky, it's fun, it's not taken too serious because, you know, a lot of stuff these days is taken too serious. And I also found, Stacey, that not having my mum around when my son was born, I didn't really, to be honest, I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just winging it and I was reading a lot of blogs and stuff like that on motherhood and I just found everything so negative. It was, you know, and don't get me wrong, postnatal depression is a massive issue, but I never read one article that was positive. No one was celebrating motherhood. No one was saying, how cool is it to be a mum? It was just all about the struggle, but no one was celebrating the positive stuff and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to create a clothing label that was fun, cheeky, memorable, but something that would celebrate being a mum. So that's how Milk Life the Label was born. I love that. I just loved how you were like, yep, I'm going to take this, you know, this MILF saying and turn it into something really cool. <laughs> Thank you. I just loved it. Don't get me wrong. I, you know, it's funny. The other day I was at school and one of the dads said to me, oh, what do you do? And I said, oh, I own a clothing company called Milf Life. And he just laughed. And I said, actually, it's, it's not a joke. Like, it's serious. But it has been a massive struggle with the name. You know, trying yeah. to register trying to register that name was almost impossible. There were ways around it, but it's been a struggle throughout the whole time I've had it. But I am so passionate about it, and I believe in it so much that I'm not changing it for anyone. Yeah, no, and you know what? It, people remember it as memorable, which is from a branding perspective, that's a good thing, I think. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, if I get if I get those people that are like, "That's disgusting. What does it stand for?" They're not you know, your people. Just, Exactly right. But I do have a little backup just in case. Yeah. I think, do you, know, do you know what it stands for? It stands for Mothers Indulging Life Fiercely. Oh, I love that. That's so How cool. How good is that? That is so cool. That's awesome. So you've got, it's about 14,000, 15,000 followers on Instagram? Yeah. Well, mind you, you know, you wake up every morning and you're like, how did I just lose six followers? Or oh, yeah. I just lose it fluctuates. Followers? But it's it roughly, roughly around that. And, I think it's around 14, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I know that a lot of people, particularly those new in business, because, you know, it's not it's not easy to build. You hear that stupid crow? <laughs> I'm going to fucking kill it. Oh, my God. Where's my cat to go and kill it when I need it? They're everywhere here, aren't they? Oh, my God. Oh, my everywhere. God. It drives me mental. Um. So a lot of people would think that having a following of that much would mean, you know, pretty much that you've got it made, that life's easy, that you can do a post and that you just, you know, make sales from it consistently all the time. Um, but it's, that's not necessarily the case. Like you've still got to work at what you're doing all the time. It's like that follower number doesn't necessarily mean that you're home and hosed, you know, 100% when it not. comes to business. So and also to, to get to that point as well, because these days it is a little bit harder to build a following than it used to be. Like starting from ground zero these days, it can take months to even, or even a year or more to get to a thousand. Um, 
you know, so to get to fourteen to 15,000, that's a huge achievement in itself. So can you share some of the steps that you took to get here and, um, you know, and, and share, you know, some of those highs and lows? Like you were just saying, it is not easy. And to be honest with you, that's taken me three years. I've had milk life for three years and it's been a long process and it kind of fluctuates in the way that, you know, you might get a celebrity where your staff or someone that's pretty big on Instagram and you'll get all these followers, which is amazing, and then you wake up the next morning and you've lost 10, 20, 30. And I do feel sorry for people that are just starting now because it's a hell of a lot harder than it used to be. Yeah. But the way, and I'm not, I'm not an expert at it. Like I know myself that my engagement could be a lot better and things like that. But it's it's like anything, it's a work in progress. But to be honest with you, the way I think, well, the easiest way to get followers is to get people to promote your stuff, to wear your stuff. Because these days people are more influenced with what they see and who's wearing what than anything else. Yeah. So I have this I have this problem where I don't have a large marketing budget. To be honest, I don't have a marketing budget. So when most people I, don't. Most people don't have oh, one. So when I approach, <laughs> if only right, if only yeah. I when I approach someone to wear my stuff or do a post for me, you know, you get back these ridiculous quotes. I remember that I think the highest one I've ever had was $25,000 for one Instagram picture. I was like, I would have to mortgage my house and possibly sell my child to make that happen. Like it's just unrealistic. And working in the radio world, one of my jobs was to work with talent and get their endorsements across the line. So I guess one kind of gift of the gab I have was I don't I don't feel like you should ever undersell your product as well. Like, yeah, you know, that person needs money for it. But hey, you're giving them content, you're giving them free product. So bargain with them. Like I used to go in with a talent and say, you know, they won't do it for anything less than five thousand dollars when really they told me they'd do it for two. So I just feel like if you know if there's someone that you really love to rock your label, represent your label, if they say to you, I'll do it for $300, just say to them, hey, I've got $100. Will you do it for 100 And I guarantee you nine times out of ten, they'll sign off on it straight away. Yeah. I think a lot of particularly product-based businesses will really resonate with, you know, this entire conversation because it's, well, collaboration, whether it's product or service-based, collaboration and getting more eyes on your account by people sharing or collaborating with you is is massive, particularly for those people that don't have a large budget. Um, but in the product-based world, having other people endorse your products is gold. And that's exactly how I've grown my followers. It's all been from, you know, I had this I had this vision once. I was like, I could just see milf life on all the wags at the football. So I DM'd every wag that I could find on Instagram. <laughs> And you know what? I remember one of my friends was at the football once taking photos of all these girls in milk life jumpers. And it was like amazing. So, you know, then they're posting it, then you're getting, you're selling out of that product or, you know, almost selling out. So it's definitely all about, and as, as well, finding that right person. Like, you know, in my wags for me just worked because they're very confident. Most of them are mums, you know, that they, they love labels, they love fashion. So it's finding the right people to represent your brand as well. And so when when you approach the WAG, like let's talk about the WAGs, like because the next thing I was going to ask you was because I knew you'd had a couple of celebrity experiences and this is one of them. Um, so 
when you message them. So how did you get the guts to do that? Because most people listening will probably go, oh, my God, I could never do that. Like, you know, they're probably looking at these people that they would love to approach but just don't have the confidence to be able to do that. Like, did you know, how did, how did you get the confidence to just go, yep, I'm just going to message all these women and see if they'll wear my stuff? So um, back to when I was saying I have a really small family and since then my grandparents have unfortunately both passed away, but my grandfather was, he always had these sayings and he always used to say to me, if you don't ask, you come last. And I live by it. I think, what have you got to lose? If you don't ask, you come last. And every time I go to message someone and I, I might think twice about it, I just hear my pop's voice going, Bobby, if you don't ask, you come last. <laughs> and then I just feel like, you know, type that saying out, stick it on your wall, write it on your hand, hey, get a tattoo, whatever you need to do. It's just so true. Like, if you don't ask, you come last. And if I hadn't have asked, you know, people like, former mass contestants, bachelorettes, wags, Steph McIntosh. I've had, had Robin Thicke's wife the other day wear one of my T-shirts. If I hadn't have asked them, it wouldn't have happened. So really, what do you have to lose, you know? And I do get knockbacks. I do have people saying, that's not on brand for me, you know, don't like to label and whatnot. But you know what? At least I know that I never have to ask them again. Yeah. And so that initial time, so let's go back to the first time when you were like, yep, I'm going to message these these women and and because it was some was it bracelets it was some bracelets wasn't it wow so when I started my label I started with two hundred dollars and that's not a word of a lie oh my god um, (laughs) I started with two hundred dollars and I was like okay what can I do so you know what I'm really embarrassed to admit this now but I will so I was actually buying stuff on eBay I was buying silver jewelry printing milf life tags out it to the jewelry and selling and I look back like how embarrassing why would I do that but you know what I was selling it and then the more money I was making I was putting what I wanted to do which was my first clothing range and I don't feel like you, you know I've just had a girlfriend at a label and I dread to think about how much money she's putting but it's thousands and thousands but how successful it is like I don't think having a big budget to start does that mean automatic success? No, definitely not. You know, I just I feel like you need a shitload of passion and just belief and a really good attitude and you can sell ice to Eskimos. Yeah, 100%. I totally agree. So you approached the, the WAGs with the your bracelets. or you, It was bracelets, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, bracelets. Yeah, I think I had a necklace, a bracelet, a bit of everything. Yeah, and so... Did they all, like, what was the hit rate? Like, how many said yes? Oh, it probably would have been maybe 50-50. I think to, you know, approaching someone kind of saying, I think you're a MILF, would you like to, you know, promote my product is a bit of a self-confidence booster for them yeah, too. Yeah, true, true. You know, they're like, someone <laughs> you're lucky milk. like someone that. Someone a yummy mummy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, yeah. like I'm not asking you to flog ten a lady. I'm asking you to yeah. flog a cool brand. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But that's that's really good though. Like, you know, if it was 50-50, I think that's an important thing for people to learn that, you know, if you're going to DIY and, you know, I've done an entire episode on influencer marketing. So if anyone listening wants to go back and listen to that, episode three was uh, with M Griffiths all on influencer marketing. And it, But if you're going to DIY this, you're going to have to get comfortable 
comfortable with approaching people and understanding that not everyone is going to say yes. (laughs) and refining your pitch and refining all that stuff until you get the mix that's right for you. And obviously for you, Lana, being able to go, hey, I've got a a, a brand label called Milf Life. I think it would, you know, be really great for you. I like, you know, what you do and what you stand for. Like, you know, honestly, I don't know any woman that's not going to go, oh, she thinks I'm a milf. Awesome. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the thing too, I I think if you have that selling point and you know your strengths within your business, it's not a hard task to do. You know, you started your business for a reason, for a purpose, believe in it and just go with it. Yeah. Love that. Now you had, you've had another celebrity experience as well. It's my favorite story, Stace. (laughs) (laughs) Go on, tell everyone. The floor is yours. (laughs) I, I feel like I'll tell this story to the day I die. So I had Actually, this was not one that I approached. I had Kelly Rowland started following me. And then I remember I posted a picture of my swimsuits, which are my most popular item. And I got a DM from Kelly Rowland saying, oh, my God, I need this swimsuit. Did you nearly wet yourself? Well, I thought it was one of my friends, like, having a joke because I was like, it doesn't happen to me. This doesn't happen to me. So lucky I kind of took a sec because I was about to write back piss off I honestly thought it was a joke so I was like this is not going to happen to me you know anyway I thought you know what just be professional you never know and I was living in Sydney at the time and she was filming the voice and I said how do I get it to you and long story short she gave me her personal assistance contact details and I ended up meeting them where they were filming at Fox Studios where they were filming The Voice and I remember the day so clearly because my son would have been about three and a half, four and he was just a nightmare that day. I had a dollar left and if anyone knows parking in Sydney, that's not even going to get you 10 minutes. (laughs) I had a dollar left and Riley just being just a nightmare and I was like, oh. So I just chucked on some clothes at home, went there, the security guard wouldn't let me in. You know, I thought I was going to get a parking fine. Riley just wanted to go to the park. And I finally got in, met her personal assistant, and she says to me, come in, Kelly's waiting to meet you. I was like, no, not today. I had no makeup on. Riley was being naughty. So, you know what, I'm going to tell you the truth. I was that mum that said, if you don't behave yourself, I'm going to throw all your toys in the bin. (laughs) This is a a (laughs) once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, you know. So I went in with my little MILF life bag and I had one of everything in there just in case, one of absolutely everything in every colour. Oh, you would for Kelly Rollins. Oh, and I went in and can I just say I'd never met a more beautiful woman in my entire life. Not only was she gorgeous to look at, but she was just so honest, genuine, and she just said to me, she goes, I think your label is amazing. It's so cool. It's so fun. I'd love to rock it. And I just remember, I was like, is this a dream? Is this a dream? And I remember when I was walking out, I said to her assistant, oh, if she ever wears it, is there any chance you could send me a photo? And me having a big loud voice, Kelly actually overheard it. And I remember she said to me, girl, I'm going to post that on my gram. Oh my God. That's just like the dream. (laughs) And I think I turned around and I said, bullshit like you know there's certain times where you can be professional and then you've just got to be real and it just it just kind of came out and she said to me girl I am and I remember ringing all my girlfriends that day and you know it was like the best day ever 
and months went past and weeks went past and, you know, I'm frantic, frantically checking Instagram and I thought, she's not going to do it, you know, forget about it, Lana, you, at least you got to meet her and whatnot. And then I remember waking up one day and my phone was just going absolutely mental and lo and behold, she kept a promise and she posted a picture of herself wearing my swimsuit. That is so awesome. And, you know, the best part is I didn't even have to pay her for it. (laughs) Now, see, there you go. I think that's like a perfect example of, you know, most people would think to have someone like Kelly Rowlands wear and share something that they, one of their products, you'd have to pay her millions of dollars or something. And, you know, she found you, she liked you, and she was more than happy to share it for you. Doesn't it just, it just goes to show you what a genuine person she is because oh, yeah, she could have said to me, if you want me to post it, you know, my assistant will send you an invoice or something like that. But no, she genuinely believed in my product and my brand. And since then, you know, I'll send her a message saying, do you think I should do a red one or a white one? And she'll write back. Like she's just an amazing person. So I was really, really lucky and blessed that that happened. But in saying that, you know, I think, that was so long ago now that I can't ride that forever. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, for the, for the last few weeks after that and days and I was getting like up all night packing orders, up all morning packing orders, but it's not like I don't have that same rush that I did when that happened. I'm not selling as much stuff as I did when that happened. So it's always like, all right, what's next? What am I going to do next? And I've got my hit list. I know who I want to represent my brand and wear my brand and I'll get there, but it's not easy. Like that, the Kelly Rowland thing was luck and I did get lucky, but in saying that too, you, it can happen and you can make it happen. Yeah. And a lot of people would think that having a celebrity of the magnitude of Kelly Rowland's where something from your label and share that would be something that, you know, be like, yep, I've got it made now. Kelly shared my, Kelly shared my shit. I've got it made. I'm all sorted, but it's not the case. Like you said, that was three years ago. Yeah. I think it was about three years ago. Yeah. So three years ago. So it was a great wave at the time, but like all waves, they come to an end. So what happened after that? So it was really good for a bit. And then It was really good for a long, long time. Actually, I lied. It was two years ago. It was really good for a long, long time and I was on a high and, you know, it gave me that confidence to because, you know, everyone does believe in your brand, your own brand, but there are points where you have a rough day and you think, am I doing the right thing? Should I change the name? Should I give up? Yeah. You know, should I get back into radio? But I would always think to myself, Kelly Rowland, more your stuff. Like you're doing something right. But then you know, things happen in life. You know, we moved from Sydney to the Gold Coast. So then I felt like I had to kind of relaunch myself here, which I'm still in the process of doing. And no one, no one's going to remember that forever, that Kelly Rowland wore my swimsuit. Some people do, but not everyone does. So it, it, it has been tough, but I think I just have to remember that for someone like that to believe in me, then I'm obviously onto something good, aren't I? Like, something something good might happen again and I just have to keep going and you know there are times where I'm like you know maybe maybe it's come to an end maybe I've done all I can but then I'll get this idea where I'll be like do you know what I'm going to do a mother's day party and I'm going to make it a cocktail party because how cool is that for mums 
So I guess it's just reinventing yourself and kind of thinking outside the box as well. Like I kind of say to people, just because you have a product-based business or a clothing label doesn't mean it just has to be that. So earlier this year, like I was just saying for Mother's Day, I was thinking, oh, you know, I've made some new friends since I've moved here. I'd really love to do something for Mother's Day. Having a little search and I was like, high tea, high tea, high tea. Don't get me wrong. I love me a high tea, but I also love me a cocktail and a good dance on the dance floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm with like, you there, sister. <laughs> so I was like, I could have, or I could create a milf life cocktail party as a mum's night out. What a great idea. And then I was like, Lana, realistically, you don't have the budget and you don't have the connections on the Gold Coast. So I thought there needs to be a purpose to have a milf life cocktail party having lost my own mum to cancer it's obviously very close to home and I found this amazing charity they're called mummy's wish and they look after mums with cancer so for an example $40 can buy a teddy bear where the mum can record her voice on the teddy bear so the child can always hear their mum which is just like you know it's really really pulls on the heartstrings oh yeah 100% yeah so I did a milf life cocktail and all raised went straight towards mummy's wish and then you know it was really hard and especially doing it with no budget was all about the hustle and explaining to people the reason behind it and a lot of people were willing to help which was lovely but I look back now and I think little did I know when I started Milf Life the label that I would also be doing a Mother's Day cocktail party so I think it's all about too it just because your brand is what it is it could be more you know you probably didn't think you'd ever do a podcast when you first started yeah Oh, definitely. Like when you start a business, you have these ideas about what you think it's going to be and then it grows and evolves and you scale in different ways that you never really thought possible. Yeah, and you also change a lot too, don't you? Yeah. Oh, totally. No more selling e- no more selling <laughs> eBay jewellery for me. <laughs> well, I mean, when I started the social hub, I, I thought I would do social media management. That's what I thought I wanted to do. I thought I wanted to be that person. And it's funny because I don't even know, I look back now and I go, why would I even have thought to do that? Because my entire background is um, like learning and development and sales coaching. And that's what I did in my corporate job. I was a people leader. I did coaching, sales coaching, people leadership. You know, I'm the person that always ends up in charge of things. Like even if I don't want to be, I always end up being, you know, I'm the person that's always been capable of speaking in front of a crowd. So I don't know why I thought I would just not when I say just, that's a terrible thing to say, because I think the people that do social media management are amazing. Like being in charge of someone else's marketing is, I think, a huge job. Um, But coaching is my strength. And, you know, it wasn't until I got stuck in and I did it for a couple of months and I went, I don't want to do management. I just want to do the teaching. And then, you know, things really took off then. But, you know, and then things have just evolved and changed. And, I've, you know, now I help other people build online programs. I never thought I'd get into helping other people build their own online programs. That was something I did for myself. I didn't think I would, you know, evolve into that. Now I've got a podcast. Like, yeah, I think you just have to like take the blinkers off sometimes and just let the world be your oyster when you think about your business and and think about how you can reinvent yourself. And that was going to be one of the next things I asked you was how do you keep reinventing MILF life? Because I know a lot of product-based businesses struggle and are challenged with the reinventing thing and how can you be more than 
you know, your, ne- your next shipment of products? I think too, you've got to listen to what your customers want. So yeah. I was at a birthday party the other day and it was a kid's birthday party at the park, but all the mums enjoyed their ciders. And my girlfriend turned around and she said to me, what about MILF Life stubby holders? And I was like, that's genius. And you know, I, I bought them, I've got them and I'm nearly sold out. So that's, that's so not cool. something I probably would have thought of because, you know, how many people do coffee mugs and coffee mugs to me is just, it's not my jam. Like I love a coffee, but I like a cider a hell of a lot more. Yeah. So I was like, milf life is about, you know, still being, still being a mum, but still being you, you know, you don't have to change the person you are because you're a mum. So get your milf life stubby holder, get to the kid's sixth birthday party and own it. I think to collaborations, I feel like collaborations at the moment are huge. Like a lot of people are collaborating, a lot of brands are collaborating and I've locked in quite a few big collaborations for 2020, which I'm really excited about. Yeah. So I think collaborating as well is another way to kind of, you know, bring people new products, introduce a whole new customer base with, you know, the other, the other brands' customers. So I think collaborations are going to just get even bigger. Yeah. Yeah, and I did one of my first episodes was with Nat from the Collab Hub about collaborating and, you know, it's the same thing. It's businesses with, um, you know, small brands on small budgets that just don't have the ability to invest in a large agency to take you where you need to go and, you know, can't afford to pay influencers for posts and stories and those sorts of things that collaborating is a way to get other eyes on you that are people who are your ideal client that are already following somebody else and you can both add value to each other. Like what's not to be a win-win about that? Exactly right. And I I feel like for my brand as well, it might not necessarily be collaborating with other companies. It could be collaborating with, you know, someone that was on Married at First Sight that's on target market for me. It could be collaborating with Kelly Rowland. It could be collaborating with doesn't necessarily have to be a brand, but it's definitely, I feel like it's definitely the way of the future with small business. Oh, definitely. Because, you know, even with Facebook ads now, and I know that, you know, with a lot of my ads clients, you know, if, you, if you're not spending $500 or more a month on your Facebook ads and you're just throwing 50 bucks here or a hundred bucks here at an ad, and you're not going to get the results. Like, Facebook ads, even, you know, a couple of years ago, three years ago, you could put 50 bucks behind an ad and get, geez, I remember when I was doing them before I even started my business, I was helping some friends with their brands and we would run an ad for 50 bucks or 40 bucks over a weekend and end up with 60, 70 leads. That's how easy it was to do Facebook ads three years ago. Now, now I could do an ad for myself and it could be two to $3 a lead you know, (laughs) and that's an ad that has to run for, you know, these days it's like your ad's still in learning phase for 14 days. Like 14 days is kind of like you have to give Facebook that long now to really start showing it to the right people. So, you know, if people don't have the budgets to invest in those things, so you've got to look a little bit more is laterally the right word, but you've got to be a bit more creative (laughs) about how you get in front of the right people. It's true. And it could even be like, you know, I, I've tried market stores. They didn't work for me. But I know other people that do market stores and sometimes they make more money at the markets than they do online. So you just need to find out what works for you. And then yeah. the thing is too, you know, there's some great markets around locally and you never know who's going to see you. 
There could be someone there that's a buyer, that's a celebrity, and you just never know how you're going to get spotted. Yeah, for sure. So definitely getting get take the blinkers off, put your creative hat on and think about ways you can reinvent yourself because there's always things that you can do to get more exposure. Yeah, and like I said, it might not necessarily have anything to do with what you're selling. Like it could be a podcast, it could be a vlog, it could be an event company. It's, you know, I even tossed around the stage I was doing baby shower gift bags for people because I was going to a lot of baby showers and I was like, oh, wouldn't that be cute to see like to have a gift bag like kids do at a party and getting like a milf life voucher and, you know, products in there. So that's something totally different as well. Yeah. And I think for a lot of the people listening in, it's having these ideas, but not like shoving them down and then thinking that they're stupid and not doing anything about them. It's like, if you've got an idea, write it down, think about it, put some strategy behind it and give it a go. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But if it does work, Imagine what could happen. Exactly. What, the thing? Right. what did your granddad say? If you don't ask, you come last. Love that. How right. good is it? I love it. It's awesome. So what would be your best advice for a new business, particularly a product-based business like yourself, wanting to get more exposure? So what would be like your best advice for one of those people? I think just, again, again if you don't ask, you come last. I yeah. met a girl the other day, she, so she had, she was just starting and she sells these amazing little kids doctor bags, but they're like so real. They look like real doctor ones. And I said to her, who's your dream person that you'd like to represent your brand? She told me and I said, the, the beauty of social media is now we can contact these people directly. You know, you don't need to go through personal assistance all the time or emails. You can DM them, you know. So I was like, hit her up, ask her, turn it out. She replied, would love to. And that girl sold out within the day. That's amazing. It's, yeah, it was really, I think I was more proud than she was. I was like, oh, this is so good. Like, it just, you've got to get out there. And I feel like a lot of people starting yeah. business or they're just holding back. And I say, why wait? Like, yeah. I had a girl that I knew that was working on a business for over a year before she's even launched it. And I felt like she liked the idea of, oh, I'm working on a business. I'm working on a business. Do it. Get it out there. Make it happen. You're going to change it a million times. You probably might even change your color design, your logo, but just get it out there. I feel like the longer you leave it, the harder it's going to be because it's a hell of a lot harder now to get followers than it was a few years ago. It's a, you know, people weren't charging to do posts a few years ago. So just do it. Isn't that the Nike thing? Just do it. Yeah. And it's, I don't. I come from the country, so I've got lots of country sayings that come out every now and again. But something my family used to always say, well, they used to say, don't blow your own trumpet. But I think in business, you have to blow your own trumpet because if you're not, no one else is going to. Like if you're not going to stand up and not be brave and not, you know, shout from the rooftops that your business is awesome, then no one else is going to do that for you. You've got to be brave. You've got to be out there. You have to put yourself out there and try these things. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to sit there and wait for people to find you. That's not how it works these days. You've got to have visibility. It's true. And you're your own number one cheerleader. You're the one that came up with this idea. You're the one that started this brand. You have to back yourself 100%, 110%. You've got to believe it before they will. Yeah, for sure. And you've got to believe it a million times more so that you can show your audience that you are the person that they need and you need to just have full belief in yourself and, you know, 
and be prepared to do what it takes. And the thing is, when you do that, is you get so much growth from it. Like you learn so much about yourself and you come, you know, you, you get more confident and then the next time you refine how you do it and you do it even better. And it's, I agree. And it's a really proud moment too. It's like, you know, life's short. I didn't want to live my life going, remembering that, you know, I could never go to fashion school and I can, you know, 30 years time from now, however long it may be, I can go, you know what? I had a fashion label at some point in my life and I did that. I, you know, I ticked that off the list. Yeah, 100%. So what's next for MILF Life? Well, I'm not going anywhere. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Next year, next year, as mentioned, probably January, February, early, early 2020, there will be some really big and exciting collabs coming with both brands and individuals. And I'm just going to continue to live the dream and believe in myself. You know, I've got that hit list. I can tick Kelly off now, but there's a hell of a lot more people on there that I want to see when they'll fight the label. And I sell internationally. Like I want it to be as big as it can. I want the Kardashians wearing it. I want, you know, I want people to, when they're pregnant to go, oh yes, now I get to wear MILF life stuff. Yeah. I love that. So how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? How can they be part of MILF life? It's all about the gram. So (laughs) (laughs) it's at MILF life, the label. And I try and post as much as I can. And I've made a promise to myself that I'm going to do videos next year, which I've been saying all year. Good girl. Do you, do you want to hear me a happy. funny story? I would love to hear a I funny actually, story. <laughs> this is how real I get. So I've been saying all year, I've got to do videos, I've got to do videos. And I tried and I tried, it wasn't happening. So I went to get Botox just to do my videos. <laughs> and guess what? Now the Botox has worn off. So I'm like, can't afford it again. You're just going to have to get on their lines and just work with, with what you've got. <laughs> yep. I'm hearing your sister. Like I'm 40. I just, I can't. Oh, MILF. Can't be bothered. Can't be bothered. I just, I'm like, you know what? In my Facebook group now, I do Wednesday wine rants and I rock up there, rock up there in my whatever I'm wearing, which at the moment it's the middle of summer. So it's usually just a summer dress, a glass of wine, my hair up, no makeup on because otherwise the makeup will just like drip off my face anyway. Melt. (laughs) Because we live in like a furnace. And, um, yeah, and I just sit there with my wine and we have chats and like I come obviously with something to talk about, but it's really relaxed and I'm like this is just me. I can't be one of those people. I can't be one of those people that, you know, if I had to go and keep getting botox and stuff like that all the time to get on oh, video. Look. Oh my god, it would drive me it's insane. Not, so It's not the smartest thing I've ever done. Let's oh, you know, it's just it's I, something you did. <laughs> I think I had that thing in my head of oh, people expect the owner of Milf Life to be this glamorous, skinny, fake boob, you know, long blonde hair and I am not that. I'm a curvy girl with short dark hair. So I we know are what I we think, are. I think when people see it, they'll probably go, oh, that's like, it's probably more real. And that's something that I'm working on that, you know, the MILF, the owner of MILF Life, the label does not look like a Barbie doll. Yeah, I love that. I might get on there with a beer. Yeah. Than what I really am. (laughs) (laughs) But you've got to have, make sure you've got one of your MILF Life beer coolers. Stubby holders? Yeah, make sure you've got a stubby holder. Of course. That's a great idea, actually. It is. All right, so anyone who's listening, if you want to get in touch with Lan, have a look at MILF Life, the label, and see what she's all about, you can head over and do that on the gram. Thank you so much for jumping on today with us, Lana. I love having real chats with other business owners and sharing 
their journey. That was one of my passions with this podcast was to put people in front of the podcast community that they have never heard from before. And seeing as you were a podcast virgin until today, (laughs) (laughs) I am hopeful that no one, you know, there's quite a few people that haven't heard of Milf Life and now can get part of the community. So thank you so much for being on. The well, you got, you got the exclusive. You got the I exclusive. did. I can, <laughs> say, I can say I had the first interview, 100%. Love it. Oh, awesome. Well, thanks so much, doll. And, yeah, we'll see you soon. Thank you. No worries. Thanks for listening to the Social Hub Podcast. You can find the show notes for today's episode over at all the W's, thesocialhubau.com forward slash podcast. And if you want to join me in my community and continue the conversation, jump over to Facebook and join the Social Media 101 Facebook group. Until then, stay classy.